0: Now, let me tell you, I'm delighted to be here. I really am. What a what a wonderful challenge to have an opportunity to talk to 450 National Merit Scholars and, uh, as I was asked to do, tell them everything I've learned in 39 years of a military career. And when I said, how long do I have, they said, we figure you can cover it in 8 to 10 minutes. So I don't know what that says about my military <laughs> career. Um, so what I, I decided to do is I thought back and, and said, you know, What do I wish somebody had told me? What I wish somebody had told me when I was graduating from high school about being a leader, not just a military leader, a leader in any walk of life. And for you all, it's particularly important because you're going to be the leaders of the 21st century. So what does someone in the twilight of a mediocre career pass on to the best and the brightest our country has to offer who are going to lead this nation into the 21st century? That's a challenge. But I came up with four simple themes, four thoughts, that I thought I'd give you, and maybe they'll help you as you choose your careers and as you move into the future. I had a great boss one time. I was his deputy. And uh, every time he'd go out of town, as he'd walk out the door, he'd say to me, Rule 13's in effect. Um, One day, I thought I'd better ask him what Rule 13 was. And he said, Rule 13 is very simple. Said one in command, take charge. <laughs> Not a bad rule. But believe me, that, is, that is, a, is an overwhelming thought. All of the great leaders I have ever known in my life, all of the great leaders of history have had 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 a certain characteristic. And that is the characteristic that they were willing to take the responsibility. Think back, you all, to the um, to the planning of the homecoming dance. Think back to the planning of the yearbook. Think back to the planning of many other activities in your school. You know, there's hundreds of people literally that stand up and have brilliant ideas. And they're willing to voice those ideas and tell everybody exactly how things should happen. But when it comes to the doing, when it comes to the people who must make it happen, there are not very many that step forward and say, I'll do it. So that's the first thing I tell you. Remember that leaders seek responsibility. And they take that responsibility because they are confident of their competence. You must be competent to be a leader. You all are obviously competent now based upon your achievements to date, and I would just encourage you to continue seeking competence, competence for any role that you might take in life. That same boss, when I found out what Rule 13 was, uh, I went to him one day and I said, you know, while you're gone, there's probably going to be a lot of things come up, and I need your guidance on what I should do. What should I do? What decisions should I make while you're gone? He said, Rule 14. <laughs> Naturally, I asked him what Rule 14 was. And his answer was very simple and probably one of the most profound statements I have heard in my entire life, and it's one that I would pass on to you if you truly want to be leaders. He said, do what's right. Do what's right. He trusted me enough to say, I know that you know what is right. Now I'm telling you to do what is right. That's the other characteristic of great leaders, and that's called character. Character is not measured when you're viewed in the eyes of the world or the eyes of the press or in the eyes of the public. That's not true character. True character is what you do when you're by yourself. It's the decisions you make when the decisions are yours and yours alone. It's the decisions you make to carry out actions that people probably will never know anything about. But that's when true character comes through. That's when ethics, that's when morality, that's when integrity takes over. Every great leader I have ever known does what's right does what's right because not only do they take responsibility, not only do they have competence, but they have great character. And no matter what the cost may be, no matter where the chips may fall, they're willing to do what's right. So that's the second point I would make to you. The third point is simple but important. A lot of people talk about my love for the troops. And I do truly love the troops, but it's also a self-serving love from the standpoint of a leader. You may be the CEO of an organization. You may be the head of the hospital, but you are only a leader of the people in that organization or the people in that hospital. Organizations of any kind, are made up of people and you will lead people. You've seen a great deal about the high technology, the recent conflict, as a matter of fact, probably too much emphasis on the high technology. I talk to young officers all the time and I remind them every chance I get that what they are leading is people not technology. I say if you don't believe that, go out there, stand in front of your airplane or stand in front of your helicopter and at rigid attention shout out the order Fly. (laughs) Nothing happens. I tell them stand in front of a tank and try this one. Left face. The tank just stares back at you. It takes the people in the tank. It takes the people in the airplanes. It takes the people in the organizations. It takes the people in the hospitals. It takes the people in the charities to make it all happen. And if you are truly to be a leader, you should never, ever, ever forget that you lead people, people who have hopes and dreams and aspirations, people who came to your organization not to fail, not to do wrong, but to do right, to do good, to succeed. Another great comment I heard one time along the way was, you know, nobody takes a new job to fail. No one gets up in the morning and says, well, today, I'm going into my new job and I'm going in to fail. They don't say that. They go in with a dream in their mind, and that dream is to succeed. That dream is to be a contributing member of that organization, no matter what level they're entering. And if they fail, believe me, I'm convinced that the leader shares in that failure. Because one of the primary responsibilities of a leader in any organization must be the responsibility to develop your subordinates. So I guess the third rule I'm giving you is that organizations are people. And never forget that if you're going to be a leader. Finally, the last point, since I'm rapidly approaching my eight to 10 minute mark. There was a a fascinating game years ago that I used to play, and and I believe it was called Careers. And the objective of the game was very simple. What you did is you had a secret card and you filled it out ahead of time And on that card, you had a total of 100 points, I think it was, and you distributed those points across three categories. You said, I will earn so many fame and power points. I will earn so much money, and I will earn so much happiness. And you gave a percentage to each. And then you played this board game, and as you went around the board, there were various career patterns you could sweep out on and pick up money, pick up fame, pick up happiness points through one one method or another, and when you received, achieved your, your, your secret gold, you then said, Eureka, to your opponents, aha, I've got you, I won. And that was sort of the name of the game. They had it all wrong. They had it all wrong. And I, I was thinking about this the other day. I wonder what Albert Schweitzer would have put down as his secret formula. How much money would he have had down on his little card? How much power would he have had on his little card? How much fame would he have had on his little card? For that matter, how much happiness? Because anybody who's in the business of leadership, you know, somebody once said, well, Jay, when it quits being fun, I'm going to get out. Let me tell you, I can think of a lot of times when it had not been any fun at all. Not when you're dealing with human beings. It's a series of emotional peaks and valleys all the time. And all you can hope for is that your emotional peaks are happen more often than the emotional valleys. But the fact remains, it's not all happiness. That's not what the challenge of leadership is all about. So what went wrong in this game of careers? And I, whoever holds the copyright to the game, I hope they don't mind me saying this. It's a great game. It's a lot of fun. You all ought to play it, OK? But, <laughs> but the fact remains that, that there's something else that's far more important than the amount of money you're going to earn, the amount of power you're going to have, or the amount of happiness you're going to go out and deliberately try and achieve. And that's this thing called self-fulfillment. Just that simple, self-fulfillment. You are National Merit Scholars. You are going to have opportunities galore and you're going to get advice galore from all sides. Go out and be a brain surgeon. You know, go into the mortuary business. People are dying all the time, you'll make a fortune. Uh, Make sure that you become a doctor. By God, we're charging a lot of money for doctors these days. Be a politician. Think of the power you can get. You're going to get all sorts of advice. Don't do that. Do what you will be happy doing. We see burnout all the time. We see it in the military. We see people who who measure their career by the next promotion, the next medal, the next pay raise, and then all of a sudden the time comes when they don't get any more medals, they don't get any more pay raises, they don't get any more uh, promotions, and they leave bitter, bitter and unhappy. We see people who set out with a goal of making their millions, and they make their millions, and they turn around, and their life's in shambles, and they're burned out, and they go out, and they become farmers in Idaho. Not that there's anything wrong with that, believe me. <laughs> but what I'm saying to you is don't pick your career. Don't set your career goals based upon making money, a deliberate determination that you want fame and power, or for that matter that you're just going to go out and seek uh, happiness because it can't be bought, it can't be earned. What I'm saying to you is dare to be you. And if your life lies in being an artist, be an artist. If your life lies in being a teacher, and God only knows in this day and age you don't make any money doing that, but be a teacher. If your life lies in being a veterinarian working in the ASPCA down here, then do it. Dare to be you, because that's the way you'll truly be a great leader. So just remember Rule 13. When in command, take charge. Seek the responsibility and have the competence to execute it. Rule 14, do what's right. Remember that organizations are people and dare to be you. And you will truly be a magnificent leader of the 21st century. Thank you very much.